You're now listening to the Tax Smart REI podcast. Your source for all things real estate, accounting, and tax. Here we reveal our secrets that can save you thousands in taxes, streamline your accounting process, and help grow your business. Stay tuned to hear insightful interviews with industry experts, successful real estate investors, and current clients on what strategies they use to grow their business and how they steer clear of Uncle Sam. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Tax Smart REI podcast. In this episode, Brennan's going to answer the question, will qualifying as a real estate professional help you if you have passive income, or in other words, if you have rental income? So we always talk about here on the show how the real estate professional status can help you take losses from your rental activities and use them to offset the income from your W-2 or maybe an active trader business that you're running. We never really talk about what happens when you have rental income, right? Can the real estate professional status help you then? And if so, how can it? That's exactly what Brand's going to break down. And without further ado, we're going to jump right into today's episode. Today's topic is about real estate professional status, but a little bit different than what we normally talk about. Normally, we talk about real estate professional status in the context of rental losses, right? So a rental loss is by default passive, and passive losses can only offset passive income or gain on sale from passive activities. But if I qualify as a real estate professional, and if I materially participate in the rental activity or activities, if you group, then the rental activity is considered non-passive. The loss is then considered non-passive and a non-passive loss can offset my W2 income, my business income, gain on stock sale, other types of income. So if a rental activity is by default passive, then it's obviously super beneficial to qualify as a real estate professional because most rental activities produce losses, especially after you factor in depreciation. So it's beneficial to qualify as a real estate professional and materially participate in the rental activity so that I can claim the tax losses that my rentals are producing every single year. If I don't qualify as a real estate professional and if I don't materially participate in my rental activities, then my rental losses are going to be considered passive. And like I said, they only offset passive income or gain on sale from passive activity. But if you don't have passive income or if you don't have gain on sale from a passive activity, then you just have passive losses and they become suspended and carried forward. You can't use them to offset your W-2 income, your business income, gain on stock sale, all that other type of income. So beneficial to qualify as a real estate professional to avoid having our passive losses from our rental activities be suspended because we want, we basically change them to be non-passive losses to offset our W-2 income and our business income. But what happens if I don't actually have rental losses? That's the question that we're going to explore today. So if I don't actually have rental losses, if, if my rental real estate is cash flowing so much that after all expenses, including depreciation, I have net taxable income, does real estate professional status help me at all? And the answer is maybe. The real answer is probably not, but but there there is a maybe. So real estate professional status, if I have a passive loss and that loss gets suspended, not very helpful. But if I have a non-passive loss, very helpful. But if I have passive income versus non-passive income, what's really the, the tax difference there? There's really no tax difference until you get into the net investment income tax. That's the that's a 3.8% surtax, surtax, that's a 3.8% surtax. On, uh, on on capital gain income, passive income, rental income in excess. Uh, if your total modified adjusted gross income is in excess of $250,000, this 3.8% surtax comes into play. That's also why if you sold a bunch of stock 
and you were expecting to pay 20% long-term capital gain rates, you actually pay a 23.8% long-term capital gain rate plus the net investment income tax uh, that is kicked in when you're above that 250K modified adjusted gross income number. The net investment income tax came into play with Obamacare as one way to help balance the budget and pay for uh, the Obamacare uh, initiative. So that's where that came from, but that's a 3.8% surtax that is, is imposed on basically passive activities, passive income, uh, capital gain income. Now, if I'm a real estate professional, even if I have positive income, it's not super helpful for me because I can't use any, there's, there's no losses, right? So typically you don't talk about real estate professional status unless there are losses. But in this case, let's say that I have, I don't know, uh, let's say that I have a 250K W2 job. So I'm already at that, I'm already at that uh, $250,000 modified adjusted gross income number. And it's not like, you know, so for all the tax people listening, you're like, oh, you can't, you can't have a 250K W-2 and 250K modified adjusted gross income. I know, I know. So let's just assume that I have $250,000 of modified adjusted gross income. And then let's assume on top of that, I have an additional $100,000 of net taxable rental income after depreciation. If I'm not a real estate professional and I'm not materially participating in the in the activities, then I pay an additional $3,800 tax, a 3.8% surtax on my net rental income. If I'm a real estate professional and if I'm materially participating in those rental activities, they're non-passive and I avoid that $3,800 surtax. Now, is it going to be worth it for you to try to hit the real estate professional status rules? They are extensive. It's hard to qualify as a real estate professional. So is it worth it for $3,800? Probably not. So maybe you need $200,000 or $300,000 of net rental income. And now we're talking about like some pretty serious earnings, probably later on in life, um, where you might not want to be a real estate professional anyway. So kind of a toss up. But here's the other, the other thing that I like people to think about too. In, in real estate and in business, you never really know what opportunities are going to pop up until they basically hit you in the face. So you, you, you might be like sitting on a bunch of dry powder. We call dry powder like tons of capital. Maybe you've got two, three, four hundred thousand dollars sitting in your bank account. It's eating a hole in your pocket. You're getting really nervous. You get some FOMO uh, because you see all these other people on Facebook crushing it. You know, Instagram, they're crushing it. They're buying all these deals. And you're sitting here going, man, inflation's crushing me. It's eating away at my, you know, three hundred thousand dollars in cash that I have in my bank account. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, and, and you start trying to figure out how to deploy it. But, but in real estate, you could be having that mindset and then all of a sudden a big deal pops up that you can then go and execute on because you have the capital ready to rock and roll. And where, where the real estate professional status conversation comes into play here is we know that being a real estate professional, um, utilizing a cost segregation study uh, increasing our bonus depreciation, that's going to increase, that's going to produce a large passive loss. And we know that if we're a real estate professional and materially participate, that passive loss will be considered a non-passive loss and we'll be able to offset our W-2 income. So if I buy a million dollar property, I get a cost segregation study done. Maybe I get $200,000 of bonus depreciation. Maybe that's about what my tax loss is. That $200,000 tax, tax loss could save me like $60,000 in taxes between federal and state. So it pays to be a real estate professional, but it also pays to be a real estate professional even when you don't have that opportunity ready to go. Because let's say that one of those, let's say that million dollar opportunity comes around in November. Uh, so so November, it's middle of November, right before Thanksgiving. 
you uh, you put an offer on a property, you close on it mid-December, you've got two weeks to hit 750 hours and more than half your time to, to qualify as a real estate professional. It's just not going to happen. Obviously, there's not enough hours. Uh, what if you what if you acquire something you know in in October, beginning of October? Now you've got three months to hit the 750 hours and the more than half your time test. So my point here is that you may it may be beneficial for you if you already have a rental portfolio it may be beneficial for you today like early in the year to start tracking towards real estate professional status because you don't know what opportunities are going to come up later in the year that may make real estate professional status extremely valuable for you uh, and and i'm telling you this because we've seen this mistake in the past where people say you know my net income is basically zero or i'm investing in mobile home parks and so you know i'm netting net taxable income after depreciation it's like eighty thousand dollars a year uh, real estate professional status isn't going to help me and then november comes around and they've got an opportunity to buy a five million dollar apartment complex but if you don't have enough hours to qualify as a real estate professional and you can't get the you can't get enough hours by the end of the year on that property you know it would have paid if you would have uh, tried to be a real estate professional even though you didn't need to be one even though you didn't have the losses or, or or even though you weren't expecting the losses to come down the pipeline so keep that in mind you know real, real estate professional status at least tracking towards it just really provides you with some flexibility especially on the acquisition piece and i expect that we're going to see a lot of our clients acquiring large properties over the coming two to three years um, especially if there's any sort of like market softening or, or uh, as, as more supply hits the market and demand comes down to meet that and that's all we have for today if you do want to learn more about the real estate professional status maybe you're new maybe it's the first time you're hearing about it you go ahead and check out our reps series we have here on the podcast you can find it by looking for capital r-e-p-s in the title to the episodes and we have an entire series i think we have like five or six episodes on it so you go ahead and check it out learn everything you need to know about reps that's all for today and we'll catch you on the next episode of tax smart rei thanks for listening to today's show if you enjoyed the show, please find us on iTunes and leave us a review. You can also email us at contact at therealestatecpa.com with any feedback or topic suggestions. We are always taking on new clients and with the new tax laws in play, you really don't want to navigate this alone. Let us help you save money on taxes with your accounting and CFO needs. To become a client, navigate to our client page at therealestatecpa.com and fill out a web form with as much detail about your situation as possible. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week.